Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, usually, if you know, uh, James, uh, I usually do other big uh, uh, t- television interviews with yes. head of state or A-listers, like my partner, Liz Murdoch, the daughter of that Rupert Murdoch, uh, Don the biggest Michael Jackson, when after he was indicted, uh, Amy... Why now is the only interview before she died tragically? Uh, and needless to point out, and, and my interview with the head of state, uh, anywhere from, uh, you know, Gaddafi, Arafat to, of course, uh, uh, Clinton uh, and, and, and everybody, South Africa, Mandela. So it's not my usual book. The reason I, I got very intrigued, and it's a TV exclusive, you saw part of it here on CBS News, um, uh, basically, because ever since Donald Trump was elected and uh, surprised many, and he's a good friend of mine, um, the country uh, was thrown into such a bizarre thing. In any elections, half of the country or third of the country or whatever, 45% of the country is not happy because they voted for somebody else. But here, the personal hatred and the, uh, the, uh, the, the idea that we can just not wait for form for years and maybe change the uh, result uh, in a democratic way was crazy. Oh, let's do a special counsel, let's do impeachment, let's remove him, let's whatever. I mean, it's it's from day one that he won. It was just the narrative, especially among my Hollywood friends. So I basically thought it was crazy. And Rigate uh, uh, was not a famous name. He was a very, very powerful guy. Uh, he was the guy behind the scenes uh, which really didn't seek publicity, unlike uh, his patron, Paul Manafort. Um, he basically, Paul Manafort, like the, the, the glitz and the, the $10,000 jacket, he was always behind the scene, but uh, making things happen. So that was a guy that when Eric Trump, our friend, introduced Bill and I, why did he introduce James? Because... Um, if you remember, after Donald Trump nailed the right number of delegates uh, to become the nominee of the Republican Party, Ted Cruz didn't like it, you know. So he decided that he would buy some of the delegates the last moment during the convention, give them, uh, you know, a free lunch or, or a free dinner, and basically, um, you know, uh, change the result in a non-democratic way. So... Uh, the Trump family asked, you know, friends of them, uh, like me and Bill, my husband, uh, would you become delegates? And I said, okay. And then he sent an email, which starts my book, uh, to clear not to please the, uh, the story of Rick Gates and the Mueller investigation. And say, Daphne, meet Rick Gates. He's in charge of the delegates. Uh, Rick, meet Daphne. Uh, she is a very special friend of the family, a longtime friend of the family. And that's it. But we did not uh, become friends. You understand that? Uh, just like a, a few phone calls. It changed uh, during the inauguration because uh, Rick Gates was afterwards the deputy of 
Tom Barak, the chairman of the inauguration, who is a close friend of both Donald Trump and myself. And we were, of course, invited with the family to be in the Trump Hotel. And uh, there were like, you know, a whole week of events. And we started to bump into each other, coffee and everything. And uh, he was very liked, but he was the most powerful guy. That was a guy that if you didn't have my friendship with Trump, you would have to call him if you wanted a VIP invitation for one of the events. Or even if you wanted a job in the government, would you say, Rick, would you give my resume to the transition team? So what, ha- what happened to this guy and others, Mike Flynn and others, I mean, the falling from grace, the day he and Manafort was indicted, were indicted, the guy that everybody called became radioactive, you know? I mean, it's like, wow, life interrupted. And it became very clear to me that, um, that you know, wow, if the government is after you, you have no chance. And when I started the book and the filming, I thought to plea or not to plea, it's a very tough decision between very bad choices to plea. I mean, not to plea, so it's a big fight, or, or to plea, I mean, between AIDS and cancer. Oh, no, 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 no. You cannot choose. The moment the government is after you, they are going to get you where they want you to be. And uh, Rick Gates broke down after 117 or 18 days when he was really torn between these two decisions, he wanted to fight, he started to fight. At that point, they doubled the charges against him and Manafort. He has never made the millions that Manafort did. He was running out of money. He was breaking down. He has four kids, three are so young, they don't know that daddy has a problem. They managed to shelter them. It started to affect his wife's health, which still, you know, she's still coping with it uh, until today. And he just didn't have a, chi- a, ch- a chance. So uh, we can never we can never judge these people. And he did not flip at all time. What I'm revealing in the book, among many other relations, that at all time from day one that he was indicted and he was surprised, he said no Russian collusion, and he continued until the end. And um, he could have lost the plea because they wanted him to say yes, Russian collusion. You know that, right? Yes, yes, indeed. We have got a, a great guest with us today to plea or not to plea the story of Rick Gates and the Mueller investigation. And uh, so how's the book been received? Received very well. I, by the way, I'm, uh, I was doing it very quietly. That's why Liz Maddock and I did Michael Jackson and the others. Uh, I mean, if you talk about uh, what you do, it, it's, it's dangerous. And, uh, but Donald and Melania Trump knew we were filming uh, and we were doing it. Um, they, I told them the uh, first time uh, when we were uh, having one of our uh, usual private chats, uh, lengthy private chats in Mar-a-Lago uh, during Thanksgiving a year ago. So exactly a year ago. At this point, very funny, I love it. I already finished filming with Rick uh, several days. And usually for me, because I'm a television interview, I first of all film then. I, if I feel it's a book, uh, like Amy Winehouse, as you know, my book, Saving Amy with Amy Winehouse, or the blockbuster, and uh, a, a film inspired by it won an Oscar. So unless you feel it's really a book, you don't feel it. So I told the president uh, uh, and the first lady, uh, well, I'm doing coming with something big. He told the first lady, well, she's, she did Michael Jackson, she did this, she did Eric Clapton, she did the biggest. I said, no, no, but this is about you. And you understand the quasi, oh my God, what's coming? And I said, uh, somebody's breaking his silence. I said, of course, with you, who? 
I said, we're gate. This is in the middle of the Mueller investigation. We understand that. And uh, wow. And he said, okay, Duff, you know, they will let you do the book. Filming? No, they will not let you. I said, Mr. President, I wouldn't be sitting with you here in Thanksgiving for four days unless I finish filming four days. And he looked like, wow. Are you sure? And you know, Trump is so smart. So when I and my husband left for a few, a few seconds for the restroom, he came back. I talked to Melania about something, and I overhear Trump is saying to my husband, great, great, it's, it would be a great book. When do you think you're going to film? And my husband didn't hear my conversation. He said, oh, we finished filming four days. So then Trump started, huge, huge, and we did high five and everything. Um, and I told him, please don't tweet uh, because I wouldn't be able to finish it, and we're going to hurt. Rick has been hurt enough. And uh, Melania told him, don't tweet. And people who say he's impulsive, he doesn't know what he's doing, they're wrong because he did not tweet. And uh, I saw him right now this weekend in Mar-a-Lago and we had private chats as usual. But uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we saw each other in Benminster. We had a long conversation, a private conversation. And that was like maybe a couple of days, a few days, a couple of weeks before the book was out. And he said to me, you see, I told you I will not talk about it. I would not tweet. I didn't. And it was so cute. I said, you know, Mr. President, I'm preparing a medal for you. So it was really funny. So the book has received a, the book is very different than what people think. So I'm getting great reviews. It's both in uh, US and Australia. Uh, in Australia, it's also 60 Minutes Australia here. It was clips from CBS News. Um, it's not the usual, uh, you know, cheering, like either you do an anti-Trump book, you know, the fire and fury on the Amarosa, or the cheering, cheering Trump is one. It's, it's also Ricky's flashbacking to some of the most historical moments uh, during the inauguration and, uh, and during the campaign and everything. So on one end, a very juicy, funny story, like, for example, how Omarosa, and nobody remember how she got a role in the campaign. Nobody. How she appointed herself. She was just playing between everybody. She appointed herself. And by the time they all started to compare notes, they realized that she already sent a press release to the media about her own self-appointment. So, oh, hi, Mike Pence uh, almost uh, didn't get his uh, appointment because when he auditioned to, um, to be the vice president as a running mate, uh, first of all, Trump, you know, it was in the golf club. Trump loves golf, and apparently he's a very good golf player. And he told Rick Gates, oh, my God, what a terrible golf player, right? But then also when they broke for lunch, uh, you know, Trump was very gracious, and he, and he hosted everybody for lunch, and he, uh, you know, um, ordered his usual uh, favorite food, junk food, like, you know, hot dog, fried, cheeseburger, and everybody was so happy. And only Ben said, no, no. I cannot eat that, that junk food. My wife wouldn't let me. Can I get a chicken salad? And you can imagine a Trump face. On the other hand, uh, very uh, intimate, beautiful moments about the relationship between Donald Trump and Melania. They're all true because I don't know them, and I did actually uh, check with them a few, and uh, he really loves her. She's not a beautiful wallflower. She's beautiful, but uh, equal partner. He, she's the only one he trusts. 100%, and that means in two in two ways. A, her loyalty is completely 100%. He knows she has no any personal agenda just to make him look uh, look the best. But B, he also, what people don't know, 
ju- uh, trust her judgment about people. And, for example, she's the one who picked Mike Pence over Gingrich and others, not because she didn't like the other. She just uh, thought that the other already were already presidential candidates. They had their own ambitions. They maybe would patronize him even without thinking. And she said that Pence would be very loyal to the presidency. So she, they are equal partners, and, and um, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a beautiful. So it's a very different book. You'll, you'll laugh, you'll, you'll cry. I'm getting great reviews, and I would love your listeners to, to sample it. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in a broadcast. So this uh, absolutely is an incredible book. So talk to me about the writing process for the book. I beg your pardon? The writing process. Tell me about that with the book. Oh, the writing process, yeah. The writing process. So as I said, I'm a television interviewer, and uh, for me, I usually, you know, decide what are the television specials I'm doing. Um and then and most of it at the time, of course, it wouldn't be books, but uh, if it's really a story with a, a dilemma or, or with like a Saving Amy, it was about addictions, you want to tell more than, uh, than the television interview itself. So the writing process was actually not simple because um, what Rick didn't tell me uh, when we decided to do that, and it's not because he wanted to lie. I know that uh, Robert Mueller and his team made uh, a stigma of all of them, Ray Gates, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, Mike Flynn, that they're all uh, liars and because they lied to FBI. But I guess he was uh, embarrassed. And so when I started, I actually wanted to, to fly into one of my homes in Texas or California and um, just, you know, uh, spend like a, a week or two, write it, film it, and then, you know, to digest and, 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 and take it from there. And he said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And of course he didn't. Uh, so then we learned the hard way that uh, he was not, he, they were very cruel. They, although he cut the plea deal, uh, they refused to release his uh, electronic, uh, electronic bracelet. And um, that was tough for him. They really wanted him to go uh, a, against uh, Manafort, which I guess they wanted Manafort after the, afterwards to go against uh, Trump. And basically, the deal was very, very cruel. Like, uh, you have to really deliver a very cruel uh, testimony against Manafort. Uh, that's that's what we are expecting for you. So they refused to take his ele- electrical bracelet until he delivered this testimony. And it, it really reminds me like a you know, uh, in ancient Rome, you have two gladiators in the cage and uh, everybody was watching for entertainment and whoever killed the others survived in lots of blood. So it was really cool. So, and then, of course, they didn't, um, what he didn't tell me, they didn't give him back his uh, uh, travel, traveling documents and he could not uh, leave the D.C. area. So we had to go back and forth and it was uh, uh, quite um an emotional and uh, longer and, and everything uh, uh, process that uh, then we have uh, we have planned. But on the other hand, we were witnessing history as as it was. I remember November eighth was the midterm election, and November 9th, suddenly uh, Rick was uh, at our at our hotel in DC. His wife called, and she was scared, and she said. Wow, uh, a woman came. She said she was an FBI agent, 
and she wanted to inspect the house. And that had not happened ever since he signed the deal months before. So uh, we were thinking, and of course, as you remember, the Republicans lost the elections. So it wasn't a good deal, a uh, good feeling, and, um, you know, they were scared. So there was like kind of a message, and I said, something is happening. And then we learned that earlier that morning, uh, Trump fired uh, Jeff Sessions, so there was lots of commotion in the DOJ and FBI and everything. So they were sending a message. So we um, were witnessing things as as uh, they happened. And maybe it helped me to more um, sympathize with what he is going through. Uh, just that you'll have a perspective, not only pleonotically. I had Steve Bannon uh, calling me this morning, and uh, if you remember the Roger Stone trial, the two key witnesses were uh, Rick Gates and, uh, and Steve Bannon. Rick did not want to testify against Roger. Why would he? Um, they wouldn't give him the sentencing, which is in two weeks, uh, unless he did. He already testified in other two trials. But he's under a deal. Now, Steve Bannon... I was a bit surprised, as may many, because he's not on there. He didn't cut the plea deal, but Steve text messaged me, and of course, it makes sense. He said, Daphne, what are you talking about? You, I fought the subpoena. You can fight one, for the subpoena so far. I mean, then I myself will go to jail. You know, if the government is against you, you know, you have no, you have no choice. And he said, what can I do with Roger Stone when he had, when he sent texts and emails? I must do that. So, uh, and one thing I want to uh, uh, focus uh, your listeners, uh, the sentencing of Rick Gates will be on December 17th. Sentencing of uh, Mike Flynn will be December 18th. We're talking more than two years, more than two years after they were indicted. Could you imagine? I mean, their life were interrupted forever. They've been trying to fight for sentencing. And, and no, each time, uh, oh, you have to do this more, you have to do this more. The plea deal is one-sided. They, uh, they can, they, the DA uh, or the Mueller team at the time now, the prosecutor, can walk back on, on, on them at any time for any reason, like they did on Paul Manafort or George Papadopoulos and maybe doing about Mike Flynn. And uh, also, it's timeless. I mean, everything in life, we have time. You go to the university, they say, okay, you're getting your degree in so-and-so semester or trimesters, right? Secondly, definitely bad news. You have a surgery. The doctor, uh, first, uh, your first question to the doctor, when can I go back to my radio show? What is the recovery time? Three weeks, five weeks? You know what to look forward. This is no time. I mean, they can still decide that Rick Gates and Mike Flynn need to testify in another five uh, uh, trials. You don't know. We have got a great guest with us today. Now, uh, before we let you go, how do people find you online, pick up your book, everything else? Well, uh, to clear not to please, the story of Frigate and the Mueller investigation is published here uh, by Hachette. Uh So uh, it's on the Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Goodreads, everything. Uh, and we are getting uh, great reviews, but... Uh, it's really a humane drama, and I think what, what I took uh, the be- biggest compliment from people, especially I did a couple of book signing uh, the last 48 hours, that people understood that it's not a distant story. It can happen to each one of us. It can happen to you, to you, to me, right? If suddenly you're caught in the middle of a big political 
uh, fight, that's it. There's nothing you can do. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the reaction that your book's been getting. What's been some of the some of the criticism, negative feedback, things like this? I'm getting great feedback, as I said, because it's more about the humane and the juicy stuff and everything. And also, as I, I told the president, uh, I because of uh, my my uh, relationship with CBS and uh, 60 Minutes Australia and Extra and all that, I am not uh, talking only to the what you call the the Trump Trump favorite media, but also to others. And uh, and I enjoy doing it because. I think, you know, we, we have to start doing a dialogue. Uh, it, it cannot be just, you know, uh, divided between uh, Rachel Meadow and Sean Hannity because uh, the people who watch Rachel Meadow would never be open to listen. People who watch Sean Hannity would never be able to listen. But there are most of us in the media that would love to listen and uh, would love to, to know, would love to be educated. And it's an emotional story, right? So... Uh, that's uh, that's uh, my my kind. I have to tell you that the the feedback from when I did the book signing yesterday in San Diego, a woman came to me and uh, she already read the book. She bought the book and she said, uh, "I have to tell you that I, I didn't like Donald Trump. I voted for Hillary. I didn't like him, uh, but after reading your book." I started to like him. And the book, as I said, it's not a cheerleader. It even shows his worst fiascos. You know, I don't have to tell you, James, you know that. I mean, we were going through the fat beauty queen, the Mexican judge, I mean, the gold star family, remember. Each one of those would have killed any other candidate, as we remember in, in recent history. And it just shows how Rick basically was uh, documenting the inside of a very different campaign and, and actually a brilliant man because instead of going and apologize uh, for each fiasco, the way for him to get out of each fiasco is to create the, wor- the next fiasco, which would be even worse. So you and I would stop talking about that fiasco and we'll go to the worst one, right? I mean, this is brilliant, right? We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. You have a fantastic, fantastic book here. So, uh, where, where, where do you? Well, what are some of your goals for this book? I beg your pardon. Just a better reception. Would you tell me? Your name? What are some of your goals for this book? My goals. Uh, my goals would really to, to tell. It's also going to be picked for a film. It will be announced right after. Uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, so my goal is really to tell your main story. The problem is that when, uh, you know, when people look at, at the big, big names like Donald Trump, or I remember when I did the big special with Michael Jackson, or Liza Minnelli, or Amy Wynne, it's very difficult to identify with them, right? So if you remember my big special with Michael Jackson, which preempted 2020 to ABC, in ABC and then uh, CBS, and use 48 hours. Um, it was difficult to identify yourself as Michael Jackson or his parents because, you know, he, he looked different and the glove and the whole thing. But the moment I asked Catherine and, and Joe Jackson uh, that question, that, that uh, got everybody to listen. I said, well, everybody's looking at you and the trial is starting tomorrow and it's very terrible. Uh, 
charges and the failure, uh, and he can face 20 years in jail. So even if he's uh, even if he's acquitted, you know, our viewers and and this, by the way, this special of me and Liz Murdoch had two billion viewers, traditionally, not social media, in the in 57 countries around the world, including here. And I said, so viewers around the world and in America are going to ask you, so what kind of parents are you, even if he's acquitted? What kind of parents, right? And that got such a, that, that really hit home because, of course, uh, Catherine Jackson jumped and said, what do you mean? Uh, I was a good parent and uh, a pedophile is not somebody who's hitting every 10 years, whatever. But that ca- ca- hits home because every parent, uh, you know, if, could identify with the idea that what is it to be a good parent? You get a phone call from the teacher at school and they say, oh, your son hit uh, a girl or, some, or he stole something from somebody else. You say, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? So I think the same thing. Same thing with uh, Liza Minnelli when I united her and her sister, Lona Luft, on it was a Dateline NBC uh, primetime special and, of course, worldwide. Uh, I got her to say, hey, the first time she said, hey, it's not that I wanted to be addicted. It's a disease. I was born that way because my mother, Judy Garland, had all this alcohol and pills while she carried me, while she was pregnant. And it started a big discussion. So I think the same thing here. It's not about whether you love Donald Trump or you hate him. Uh, it's Although it's very inside. It's about what would you do if it happened to you that you are suddenly caught inside the most high-profile investigation in the country and all this pressure and what can you do right how how can you survive uh, and it's really um, really dramatic and uh, and it's really very very painful uh, and I don't I don't think the book give you an ans- a definite answer It'll just give you lots of questions that you would find out wow what would I do I mean, if you know, James, right now with the college uh, big scandal, right? You have actress Felicity Huffman, which we happen to know, that pled guilty. And you know, you have the other one, Lori Laughlin, who decided to fight. It's so honorable. Go, I cannot judge either of the decisions, right? But Lori Laughlin, since she decided to fight, suddenly uh, the prosecutors were going after doubling, tripling, the charges suddenly instead of four years she's facing 40 years 60 years 80 years so it gives you uh, an idea um what would you do and i i have no answer because uh, my book basically gives you a very uh depressing conclusion if you happen to be caught inside such a a big investigation that the government or a huge forceful government power wants uh, wants you to deliver the goods that's it. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Good luck with the book, my friend. Absolutely. And if you call me afterwards uh, um, from a private number or from a mobile and text message me your address, I'll make sure my publisher will send you a hard copy of the book with my signature. I would love to get your personal, uh, your personal feedback. Thank you. Thank you. I will do that. Uh, Have yourself a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.